All right. We're back, baby. Part two. Oh, yeah. The burp started immediately. Oh, yeah. Love to see it. Glad I'm not the only one. The good, bad, and the ugly. We're back. Neptune's Dagger Part 2. Part 2. If you didn't catch last episode, go check that out now. Yeah. I mean, we owe it to you guys anyway with extra content. We took three weeks off. I'll take the blame for it all day. You know, so we, we got we to gotta at least give you guys some extra stuff here. Um, but, yeah. I mean, we have, a, we, we, we have a big topic here. Big topic. And that is the, the Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton meme. Bill Clinton. With the four albums. Four albums. Four of your, basically four of your favorite albums. Or I should say four. The way I took it is like it, if you had four albums, it's those in a nutshell of what makes up you as a music listener. What are your standards? Yeah. How does that impact you? Okay, so I, my, I named my first one. It was Nevermind by Nirvana. Boom. My second one, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fancy by Kanye West. Great album. And my third, my third album is a Kid Cudi album. Knew it. Good call. Good call with that one. Good Don't know which one. one it would be because I'm not the Kid Cudi person, but... No. I'm going to pick Man on the Moon 2. And I'm gonna get, I'm definitely going to explain why. Because we're talking a lot. All right, while you do that, I'm going to look up the pl- pl- track list so I can remember right. what's on there. So the, so the thing was... Um, you have you have the mixtape Kid Cudi. Let's go back before the first Man on the Moon. You have you have like we're in a big mixtape phase here. Kid Cudi's basically a stoner rapper. Two thousand ten as well. Yeah, you got like the Wiz Khalifas. You know, you got the Kid, Kid Cudi, and they kind of just chill back and they just kind of rap and uh, mixtapes and this and that. But then Kid Cudi comes out with his first album, Man on the Moon, and he has Common in the narration, mm-hmm. and he divide. He also narrates this album. Make it. He makes it like a movie. You're tapping into his mind. He even on the track list divided it up into chapters. So he continued this with the second album. And the second album, Man on the Moon Two: The Legend of Mr. Rager, was super dark. All right. Now you're really tapping into like Kid Cudi himself as a person. So he starts going into stuff like, like the way the way his father died, like his cocaine addictions, his his like all kinds of addictions, like his wild. Like his wild and lifestyle at the time, so it's kind of like this build up in the beginning, and then he introduces it, and then you kind of go into like the nightmare and like the dark side. It's almost like a come down of yeah. like a bad trip. See, that's that's crazy because Cuddy's always been an artistic type of guy. You, you can just tell right in the middle, you know, any song that you hear, you hear Cuddy's, you hear like the art behind it. I'm course, looking at the playlist right now, tracklist right now. I don't know any of these songs. Yeah. Probably Ashton Kusher, I think I know that yeah. song. But I feel like like his right at the beginning he does Scott Mess Mess Cuddy versus the Mess world. Versus Mess the world. Yeah, yeah. So like where where would his second chapter be? Um, I don't know off the top of my head because on on the official track listing it's kind of like you can't do that on a streaming platform. Okay, all right. But yeah, you know, yeah, but like yeah, if yeah. you actually like looked it up elsewhere, like you'll see like the chapters yep, that he yep. had like four. I could try to look it up and explain this at the same time. But um, the point the point I'm definitely making is that like Kid Cudi, flow like he doesn't have the greatest flow in the world. It's not like this tight Eminem flow or this Kendrick Lamar flow. Like, yeah. You know he's not as conscious as like J Cole with his clarity and stuff. But he just he's done something that no one's ever done before. His flow is like none other. Like yeah. the way the way he uses his voice it's an to sing. Yeah, he uses that like the way he mumbles and 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 does like the. You know his own thing and the way he sings, it's like none other. Like he really has his own flow. You won't hear that again. And he influences the likes of like Travis Scott and a lot of you know a lot of these younger guys on SoundCloud. I can today. see that because he was doing like an auto tune, like an auto tune vibe, but without the auto tune. Yeah, because he he his uh his vocal range and like the way he can move his voice is like ridiculous. He has a really prominent voice like that. Like he could do it. Like he's almost like kind of like a hypnotist kind of voice. 
but this this album you know it's very it's very dark and it kind of like it almost towards the end it kind of turns into like a horror movie again kind of like monster from like from kanye yeah like it, it gets very intense in this album and like i've just a bunch of sounds i've never heard before and that the way like that that was my main point was that like you've never seen this done before like kid cuddy's like no other he's not he doesn't have the greatest flow of all time but it's just it's so unique to me and he really when i listen to an album i'm so big on kind of like ambitious in terms of like your genre yeah. like is it purely hip-hop or are you actually meshing into are you experimenting or are you doing yeah, different things doing cross genre type stuff yeah. yeah so he was kind of stepping into like an alternative kind of scene that like pushed his next few albums yeah but this album to me was super important because of like how i related to him and he wasn't afraid to talk about like the highs and lows of like all kinds of he had depression know, like, right yeah, he had, he he had came that depression. Out, he, he came out with that. And in his album cover, I'll show. I could try it. Hopefully, it pulls up well. No, it's not it right there. But like, he's kind of sitting here in this dark photo. It kind of looks like a scary movie. Yeah. But apparently, he's holding like this, this like liquid blow, like this like liquid shit. He was like addicted to, you know, like and it's just like like liquid cocaine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, like you know, like weird. I shit. thought you said blow, and I wasn't sure. Yeah, like some liquid blow. Liquid blue. But yeah, I guess that was my main point. The Kid Cudi always had a big influence on me because of like he was never afraid to uh, it, like expose himself. Yeah, or, like, experiment who he, who he really was. Kid Cudi for me, when there's few songs that I did like, uh, I mean, Pursuit of Happiness was like for our generation. I feel like everybody oh yeah knew that song oh yeah plus the remix and and then um, so like that captivated an emo an emotion so well that very few artists can do in a song. Like, you don't, like, you could hear how it feels, and you could feel how it sounds. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know when you could smell something, and you know how it's going to taste? Like, when you listen to a, a certain Kid Cudi song, you could hear how it feels on, on you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's like, a really you instantly point. get, like, pursuit of happiness. You're fucking partying. You're going, you're about to set off on a trip or something. Like, you just know you're in that vibe, you know? So, like, there's not a lot of artists that really can convey an emotion like that through sound mm -hmm. or a feeling like that through sound. That's a really good I point. I thought was dope. It's a really good point. In, in evo invoking emotion is super important to me because um, I kind of use this example. Someone like 6 9 he's not even that great lyrically or anything, but he gets you hyped and he instills yeah. that emotion inside of you, and that's... That could you could argue makes would make him a good artist like yeah. at the time when he was making the music. Yeah. So it's the same thing with Kid Cudi to me. And the, there's um, an argument to be made that he's a good artist, not a not a right, good right. rapper. Exactly. He's a good artist. And that's in you know. in pure emotion like he's not that. Stupid, obviously. Pure like relatable emotion like that to me, like um, when you tap into that dark side or the plus side and stuff, like really awesome stuff. So. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to the Soul album now. It's actually it's a roller coaster for sure. Super. Because I cool don't stuff. think I've ever explored it not one time. Very intense, very intense yeah. album. Um, so I'll get to my fourth and let you take over. For so I was right though. First of all, I mean yeah. I, I was gonna do Nirvana. So you know, yeah, but my, I did say Kanye West, Kid Cudi. I don't think I could pick a fourth one. My fourth one, I'll get to the point because I want to leave you at least like you know like twenty-ish minutes. Don't worry, it'll be easy. Twenty minutes. Yeah. So I picked Goblin. By Tyler oh, the Creator, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I picked Goblin, and I was I was going back and forth. I should have seen Tyler the Creator. Yeah, and this one was this one I think was another 2010. I think it was another 2010 yeah. album. Goblin. Yeah, I mean this is when I was in high school. I think I was a sophomore in high school, and this one. Yeah, um, we were about sophomores. You know, this was really shaping like how I was as a music listener. Was this the Yonkers joint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Yonkers yeah. and all that. 
But this is also something you've never seen done before, and it gives you the shock value of something like an Eminem's, Eminem's first album or second album. Yeah, it almost gives you that feeling of shock value where you've never heard this crazy shit being done before. Um, it's This is another album yeah. that, that tells you a story, and he has his conscience talking to you the whole time, and he's killing people left and right, yeah. and he's just like super intense. Yonkers was groundbreaking. For just Gra- absolutely groundbreaking. That music video is groundbreaking. Insane. Was ridiculous. And I threw this in there, and this was really tough because I might have. I was. I have some honorable mentions like uh, Flower Boy from Tyler as well, but I yeah, also had like that album. Blonde by Frank Ocean, um, and I had Mad City, Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick in yep. there for honorable mentions. And I was trying to decide, but I picked Goblin just because I'm like, if you if you tell someone you listen to Goblin, they're gonna see you as a some type of music listener. So like. You'll know, like, the way I listen... When I listen to this album, I'm like, damn. Like, this is real... This is, like, a super intense, well-put-together, big narrative. Another one of those albums, it's like you never heard anything like this in your life. So yeah. I, I guess with these four albums, I kind of picture, like, four corners of, like, really experimental, really different from each other. Yeah. But they're all kind of like a movie. Yeah. You know, like, I would say three out of four, besides never mind, are like a movie that you could picture in your head and it's taking you on a journey as you go. See, that, and that brings me to my point where it was like, these four albums should be able to shape... Like, if I was going to make a playlist for you right now just off of hearing those four albums, I probably could because I would choose, like, alternative experimental-type music that's closer to rap as well, that has rap influence, not, like, influence. Like, I don't know if you'd be into, like, ICP, but you might be into, like, maybe... Tech Nine ish, because it's like rap mm-hmm. experimental, or you know, I mean, I just off the top of my head, I don't know per se, but like you could you could base a, a playlist off of other artists just off of those four albums, right? So yeah, those are my four. Uh, I, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Um, I don't know if you want me to guess. If I had to, yeah, guess, go ahead. Good. Say, I mean, you could probably guess. I mean, I'm gonna throw Jay Z in there, Fifty Cent in there. Um, I don't know. Just get to it because I want to hear what you have to say. All right, so boom. Off Rip, number one album ever, in my opinion, that is just the 1996, the greatest of all time, Jay-Z dropped his debut album, Reasonable Doubt, at 26 years old, first of all. Not no Nas, 18, 19. My man hustled, 26. Besides the point, let me get... this. Is, for me, this is when I really fell in love with rap. I mean, I always loved rap. But I loved rap when I started hearing Jay-Z. My first my first big artist was Busta Rhymes, and I thought about putting him in here. But the whole albums, his albums didn't affect me. This might have been one of the first albums to actually affect me. I have the vinyl sitting right above my head every night. I got Reasonable Doubt in vinyl right above my bed. So it's like, to go through that track list real quick, I mean... You got The Evils, you got Dead Presidents, you got Justify My... Or no, not Justify My Thug, wrong album. You got The Evils, uh, Dead Presidents, you have Can I Live, which is one of my like, favorite Jay-Z songs of all time, top five. Top five Jay-Z songs, because I have to shuffle Jay-Z songs through my head day in and day out. But like you said, he's transferring in this album, he's transferring from the streets to the, to the record business. He's going illegal to Ill, to legal. So he talks about his his gangster ways. He talks about, you know, the sad shit that's happened in, in his time, which you rarely hear Jay-Z do ever anymore because he's godlike now. He doesn't do that shit anymore. So that mean that, I mean, you know, I can go into my love for Jay-Z music all day. Of so I'm just going to cut it at that. That just has to be, that has to be, uh, 
that has to be my number one. And I was did I say politics as usual? No, I love that song. Oh, that that, that, was, that, that was that was the first song that, I heard that that song's. Uh, I mean, it's that ridiculous. beat, the the lyrics. Ridiculous. I mean, it's just ri- ridiculous. Then my second album, this brings me right to my childhood. So you got Jay Z, you got Fifty Cent, because Get Richard, I try and this. I wanted to be a thug so badly. Nothing has ever made me want to be a gangster more than my life than Get Rich Without Trying. That entire album, Patiently Waiting, was my favorite song forever. I, I mean, that Eminem verse. Do you a zuzu doo-doo? You get the message, am I getting to you? You know what's coming, you motherfucker don't even know, do you? Come on, I mean, just ridiculous. I mean, 50 Cent swept the whole nation, though. Well, yeah, nah, he came out. Shit. America loves this gangster shit. And I Loves did too. It. The clothing line. Yeah, I, I. There was a time, and I'll give you a personal story. Third grade, I had. I remember specifically G Unit sneakers, G Unit shorts, where we had the G shorts that go past the knee. Have to. Had the T-shirt sleeves past the elbow, big T. I was draped up. I was dripped out for 03, you know, or 04, whatever it was when we were in third grade. I think it was 03, but. I mean, and then this girl comes over to me and she's like, why are you wearing capris? And that stuck with me for the rest of my life. I'll never forget that girl. I don't even know who it was, but I'll never forget you, bitch. And that hurt, but I was like, yo, this is the culture. Like, I want to be a thug. It was the culture, though. And nobody, nobody liked, nobody understood. Nobody was fucking with hip hop. The thing was until Lil Wayne dropped Carter 3. The thing with 50 Cent, though, everything slapped on, the, on two back-to-back albums. Back-to-back everything. albums. Everything. All club bangers, the, though. Everything was a club banger. Every single thing he had. The life struggle is deciding between Get Rich or Not Trying or The Massacre. But my thing is, you got one, two, pace, What Up Gangster, Patiently Waiting, Many Men, In The Club, High All The Time, If I Can't, Back Down, P.I.M.P., Like My Style, 21 Questions, Don't Push Me, Wankster, You Not Like Me. That's not even name the whole album. That's just that's just ones that pop up to my eye real quick. You can get the entire club going the entire night. Yeah, and he can serenade your bitch at the same time. Throw twenty one questions on. It's I mean classic. But everyone loved his music. Women. I mean it was everyone loved his music. And that that had shaped my early childhood years into like loving like this gritty shit. Loving it. But on top of the movie, he had too. It was just, on top of the movie. On top of the movie, and he his music was based around that come up shit. Really, it was that by any means type attitude. But then we fast forward to 2010. 2010 was a great year for albums. Now that great. I'm thinking about it, great and great time for us because that's when we were in high school, middle um, of high school. 2010, I think we were 15, 16 years old. Middle of high school. That, high school. I mean that. That really kind of influences a lot of choices you make and who you're going to be, you know? And like I said, this doesn't reflect off of what I think is the top five, top ten albums. These are just the ones that uh, that really got me. And this is actually this is actually not 2010. I think his first album was 2010. This is 2012, which is our senior year of high school. But I had to put this in there because Kendrick, when he dropped Good Kid, Mad City, I mean, it was... It was like the greatest thing I've ever heard. Probably. Unbelievable. It was. It, it probably inspired me to write, like you said, a book from intro to outro. This was like my first album where I was like, okay, intro to outro, everything makes sense in the order that it's going, and everything is fire. I mean, from you got Shireen, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe, 
backseat freestyle, when that dropped, I, it was like the Insane. craziest thing I've ever fucking what? heard in my life. Then you got Money Trees with J-Rock's verse at the end. It was just ridiculous. That beat is ridiculous. Poetic Justice was fine. That's great. It's got Drake. Love it. Good, you know, love to see it. But then Mad City comes on. And you get two songs in one. And that first song is the fucking mean face, man down, where you from? And then make the whitest, the white, I don't give a fuck, the whitest person you know will rap the shit out of that and feel like you were in Compton, like, ready to, in a minivan with the AK, like, you've never done anything like in your life, but hearing that song, you're ready to do a drive-by. No problem with it. Ridiculous. Like, so, when that, and then you go into the MC8 that explains the hardships of the hood, and it's just like, yo, this is what we deal with on the daily, like, it's nothing. And you have that crazy, like, old-school live drum pattern, that like, I'm just like, wait a minute. And then he comes in with the crazy verse, and it's like, oh. But then that leads me to the best concert that I've ever seen in my life, which was the, uh, and remind me to screen record it, because maybe we could throw it up there. The crowd at Toad's Place, Kendrick Lamar just dropped this album. The crowd at Toad's Place, it was me, Dave, my dad, and the VIP section on top. It was wall to wall, just like this, like eight mile last scene. It was fucking bananas. Mad City dropped, you already know what happened. I thought the place was going to collapse. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And, like, I'm not one for crowds. I'm not one for concerts anymore like that. I would relive, relive that day every day of my life. That was, like, ooh, top, top five moments of my life. Shit was nuts. The energy was crazy. Then you got to go to my probably second favorite album of all time, maybe third. Maybe fourth. But Take Care, Drake. Great. Best Drake album to date. To date, Views is not better. I think so, still. Views is think, not better. I still think Views is better, but... Take Care. But you got to think about it. So, 2010, Drake comes out with Take Care. Amazing year. Ma amazing year. At least I think it was 2010. I'm pretty sure. Def, Def Definitely was. Def 2010. If not 2011. Says 2011. It's probably early 2011, if anything. Headlines, Shot For Me, Crew Love, Take Care, Marvin's Room, fucking Underground Kings, We'll Be Fine, Make You Proud, Lord Knows. Know that I don't make music for people that don't get pussy. So those are the ones I count on to diss me or overlook me. Probably one of the hardest bars I ever heard in my life. That's crazy. You're saying, yo. Oops. Oh, that's one of the saddest songs I ever I ever known. But, uh. Make us cry. You literally, he literally goes, yo, I don't make songs for dudes that don't get bitches. So the dudes that don't get bitches hate on me. So you're basically a loser if you hate on Drake or you don't like girls. So, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but if you're in the rap community, you know, can't really hate on the GOAT. Second GOAT. <laughs> but, I mean, hell yeah, fucking right. When that verse dropped, that song's that's hard. Anthem. bars. Anthem. bars. Anthem, but yeah, I mean that's that's got to be my foundation. I wanted to throw a rock in there. I love oldies. I love every genre, but there's no love like hip hop love. That's it. I see where you're coming from. My only thing was my only thing was this. Like I don't think there's any problem with you putting um, Drake in the top four, but I think for me personally, I think Drake is already 
he's already tapped into so many people in the masses. Yeah. You know, it would be hard for me to put him there because I don't think it would define who I who I am as a music listener enough. But there's no doubt that Take Care is a see. I'm a classic album. Drake, in my opinion, is my second overall all time rap artist. I mean, he's ever. a true hybrid guy. Yeah, he can do anything. He does no wrong. He literally says, "I wipe my ass with tissue paper and it sells." Like it doesn't. It doesn't even matter what he says. But I love like his actual artistry behind the music as well, like the samples he uses. Even though he takes other people's, you know, verses, like I mean, it, where he uses them and why, like there's always something. There's always like a triple meaning to everything he's doing. I mean, he might be the greatest introspective rapper of all time, for sure. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Like self-reflective music? Oh yeah, oh, within, oh, yeah reflecting yeah, on within. Yeah. I mean, all his uh, timestamp records, I mean, are. But just the way he carries himself, and the, and the way that he, the, the the timely manner that he drops things, and the way that he has unreleased tracks, yeah, and they become it's all one calculated, hits. yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's a very calculated guy, yeah. and it's just like I think he I think he knows how to carry his legacy very well, and this is almost it's almost like when you have like the LeBron versus Jordan argument, and it's just like okay, LeBron might even be a better player. But you can't touch Jordan's legacy. Yeah, yeah. and and I think no. Drake's kind of headed for like a Jordan type legacy. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And that's the thing. They're always gonna bring up the push a T with Drake. They're always gonna bring up the push a T thing. But even his stupid. B formula is yeah, insane. It's the, way, insane. the way he he makes. That's it why catchy. I think charged up, charged up, and back to back. And I said it when it came out. This is not a late diagnostic. Charged up was like you ever play baseball. You throw the baseball up and then you hit it as hard as you can. Like, just the easiest way to hit the ball. Charged up to me was like, he's like, all right, I'm going to hit this, throw this ball up. And then back-to-back came out, and he fucking cracked it. And then, like, Meek was like, oh, shit. Home run. Can't do anything. Like, you can't come back from that. Well, I mean, he did, but, like, you can't make a diss record and come back from that. No. You have to just leave it alone. You have to just take your L and just I'm done with it. He bodied him. Bodied him. Absolute massacre. And then the internet destroyed him. That was another thing, too. Like, the internet's feeding beefs. Like, it wasn't back when Jay and Nas or 50 and Fat Joe or 50 and every other rapper in the game at the time because he beefed with everybody. But, like, the memes the memes alone could kill you. That's it. Like, you could say nothing. But if the internet has memes for you, it's all set. You're the, done. The internet is undefeated. Undefeated. You, undefeated. Can't, you can't beat that. If there's memes trending for you every day for, like, a week, you lose. It's a loss. Mm-hmm. I am fascinated by Drake's come up too as an actor and then what he turned himself into. And you, you got to think like the way he was as a young actor and he wanted to start a musical career, you don't really think much of it. But the guy had notebooks on notebooks as yeah. an actor, just like, stock, like stocked up like this of just rhymes he had. Yeah. But to see like that, that, that switch, that transition and then and the way he reps the city is even like insane. He's really put, well, especially comes from, he put, comes from an area that's not a hip hop area. Put the entire country onto a hip hop radar. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just like birth these people out of Toronto. If you think about it, I just saw something the other day. It was uh, Drake at 2C Slide, number one. Weekend at uh, number two with Blinding Lights, also from Toronto. Weekend drops his album, he's number one album, and the Tory Lanez dropped New Toronto 3, and it's going to be like the number two. Mm-hmm. This was like maybe a week ago or something, but that's three, three Toronto artists on massive, like top in the charts, all because Drake came up. 
if there was no Drake, there would be no weekend. Oh, absolutely. There would be no absolutely. Tory Lanez. Like, yeah, yeah, facts. I mean, um, they would be there, but they wouldn't be on the, the level that they have right now. I do want to say this. There are people out there that are get like they, they almost like shame you for listening to the mainstream. Like, that is Drake. Yeah. You know, you just got to respect it. You got to respect the greatness. Like, I understand the guy is mainstream, but you really just got to... You can't hate on greatness. I mean, there's no doubt I mean, about it. He has the most number ones. Period. Yeah, for uh, for good reason. Like yeah. not not in rap, like ever, like nobody else. Yeah, I mean, and then and really, he's like thirty something, and he has he has a track out there for everybody. Everyone, you know, like he he has he has that stuff that every not, genre of I mean everything that's anywhere close to rap around the world he's touched. Not many people know about like certain tracks, you know, where he just goes sick on it. Like you could listen to shit like that. Yeah, but I feel like you just can't hate on the guy. Even if you are one of those underground people, like, and I and I, I take pride in finding shit that no one knows, but I gotta respect the drink, the greatness, the, the drakeness, the the, the great, the greatness <laughs> that is Drake. Yeah, no, nah, I mean it's just, it's hard to argue with the numbers. I mean, it's you can't, and you could even make a case that he's better than Jay, but you'll never fucking hear me say it. Because mm-hmm. I'm yeah, well, you got the LeBron Jordan argument. Yeah, it's similar. Jay is Jordan. Similar. Drake is. Jordan too. <laughs> B. It was an interesting conversation between Drake and uh, LeBron, though. I don't know if you ever seen the HBO the barbershop thing. No, I know what you're talking about. Though. But yeah, so they had a, a conversation where they were like, they both want to just leave the game gracefully. Like obviously they touched it, they've left their stamp on it very clearly, but just don't get to that. And I hate to bring up names, but like that Eminem level, where you kind of like try to come back and it just doesn't work out, and then now your legacy is tarnished. Like, if, if Eminem put his three, first three albums out and never made another album, like, he would never, like, he, nobody would ever argue that he's not the best. Yeah, like I fully ever. agree. You know what I'm saying? But, like, but now that he come back and he makes shit, or what, you know, what the mainstream people think or most people think shit, now your legacy's tarnished. Whereas Hove, it's never happened. The only time where there was one slip-up was In My Lifetime Volume 1, which is like it was third album in the early 2000s, which doesn't even matter, because 20 years later, he's still fucking producing. Hits. So it's like... Fuck and what didn't, what didn't you like about this album? In My Lifetime? Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't like it, but when it, when it came out, it got heavily critiqued. Like, it wasn't like a... It flopped. It, wasn't, it actually might have been a second album. I can't remember right now, but I think In My Lifetime Volume 1 was his second album, and it was a flop. Until later, then it became recognized as a classic. The fuck is that? Nah, I don't know what that is. But I have to say, I do appreciate the, the good... The, at least you said it with the good kid, Mad City. Um, and I said it was an honorable mention for me. Yeah. But it's just the way Kendrick also carries himself in the legacy he knows that, he's, that, he, that he has. Yeah. Kendrick's not even on social media. Yeah, he's not on social media. You, know, you don't know what he's up to, but you gotta think that tension... Where you don't know what he's up to really creates a build-up into the next project. Which is exactly why Lil Uzi Vert's album was a flop to me. You think so? No. Because there's too I mean, much anticipation? Too much anticipation. I wanted to bop like it was 2016. But it ain't. It's five years later, four years later. Yeah, I know. That's what happened. Like, you know, your, core, your core base is grown up now. 2016, we were what? 21, 2? 22? Just getting into the, the scene... Now we've been through the scene. For three years, we've been in the scene already. We're done with it. We're, well, not done with it, but, you know, we're not, you know. Yeah, I see. We're yeah, not see going what crazy. You could, you could give up on it, though. Yeah, people, we're not going crazy. We're fucking getting older. Like, we I, can't be going yeah. crazy in the fucking club yeah, to, 
all my friends are dead. Da, 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 da. Like, we can't. I'm 25 years old. Like, I, I'll turn up, but I'm not going crazy. Yeah. I like. Especially like, you get um, a couple shots of me, I might turn it off. Fuck it. I like. I like Lil Uzi a lot still. I think he's he's great for the new generation. But um, yeah. But I see. I see you're saying with the social media point. But that was my point with Kendrick is that um, he has a lot of buildup because he you just don't know what he's doing. He's a very low key guy. Yeah. So, but to throw good kid and mad, good kid mad city in there. Just that storytelling is amazing. Dude, the storytelling is amazing. I mean, Sing about me is probably one of the hands down most well written songs ever. It's just ridiculous. It's just. Something that's that's again a narrative, and you've never heard anything like that in your life. But even honorable mention, I'd have to throw graduation in there. Graduation, yeah, that was close for me too. Jesus Hard. was another Hard. crazy one for high school or right after high school. Yeah, right after that was twenty thirteen, I think it was. Yeah, but in the summer too. I mean, that summer was summer job. I'm still gonna debate you. I think it's graduation, dark twisted, and Jesus top three. Yeah, no, you could argue. I can't lie. I can't like. I wouldn't be mad if you took like graduation over it. I really yeah. can't. I, I will. I won't put Jesus over Dark Twisted, but I'll put graduation over yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's a. T- I think it's a close call between those two, but I think. I think. I think. I think. Uh, Beautiful Dark is just more of a complete, ambitious. Album. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. it, it goes both ways. Any given day, you could. I could f- do this. You know. Yeah, it's that's like, what I'm saying. It's the like, same with the Gerritcher and, and Die Trying and the Massacre. But that's another. That's a whole other fucking yeah. thing. But I guess yeah, we can definitely conclude with that. But yes, part two of the Neptunes or whatever it is, Neptunes <laughs> Dagger. Uh, appreciate y'all following, keeping keeping track yeah. with the debate. Let us know, comment, hit us up. Yeah, once again, boysandbartalk.com, baby. Yeah, it's up there. Boysandbartalk.com. But also follow us on IG and Twitter too, Boys and Bartalk. You can find us. You know. Cheers to you guys. Cheers, baby. <laughs>